Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. We are Drama Bonded. And today we're talking about Rachel Levis's first podcast episode. And the second half we'll be discussing the women on Joey's season. Ah! Both things are coming up, VPR and, and The Bachelor. It's like second Christmas. Yeah, I will admit that... Um, <laughs> The fact that we are going to start recording The Bachelor and Vanderpump Rules side by side is like my two favorite worlds colliding, and I am so fucking excited. I am too, actually. Like, I'm excited that we are able to start, like, hit the ground running with season 11 uh, of Vanderpump Rules, and then I, and we'll get to it later, but like, the women this season for Joey are incredibly beautiful smart like I think it's a good group I think it's like the most diverse group of women we've seen so far I also maybe you know there are people I'd be more excited to watch than Joey but I am excited to watch Joey yeah I'm I'm good I think he fits unfortunately the the bachelor mold and so that's why I'm gonna say I'm not like the most excited because the show has a history of not casting very exciting men um, that being said, I think Joey is one of the more like emotionally intelligent men that has been casted in a while. Yeah, I I really liked him in Charity Season, so I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. It won't be Clayton-level disaster. The uh, women make the show, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, always. So <laughs> very excited for that. Um, but first... So, Rachel Levis is not going to be on season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, She did consider being on the show, but she wanted more money. Um, I think she wanted to be paid the same amount they were paying Tom and Ariana. Is is, is that how you understood it? Yeah, that the negotiations for that didn't go as planned. And I'm not going to say whether she should or shouldn't be paid that much, but she wasn't offered the amount of money she wanted. And so she decided not to be on the show anymore. Um, And she has started her own podcast called Rachel goes rogue. Yeah. And her first episode came out on January 8th where she is, I guess going to tell her story in multiple episodes. There are a couple women who are a part of the iHeartMedia franchise who are kind of interviewing her or prompting her with questions. But I guess I, I'm i interested to know, like, what she does after telling her story because I don't really know the intention of her podcast beyond that. But Jess and I both listened to the podcast that aired on Monday, and we just want to kind of chat about it before the Vanderpump season 11 starts. Yeah, especially... I don't know why in my head I thought she was just going to do like a few episodes explaining her side and then I don't know what she was going to talk about. She reveals that she plans to watch season 11. I, you know, in my head I thought she was going to just what do a few episodes, tell her story, and then have probably the world's most boring podcast. 
But then she reveals that she's going to watch each episode of season 11. And I don't get, I don't know if she's going to recap it or just if she gets brought up in it, she's going to defend her position or give her take. (sighs) On the one hand, I guess I don't blame her for milking any opportunities she can off the show, considering, you know, what the show has gained from her. But on the other hand, I really don't think it's healthy for her to watch the show and then talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, I have been thinking about this, especially because she's saying that she's doing this with her therapist. And she, Rachel also indicates that this is like triggering for her. And I guess maybe the therapist is just meeting Rachel where she's at and she needs to do this. And maybe on her own, she will decide that this is a really bad idea. I don't know. It's wild to me. Like, it truly kind of boggles my mind because while I, you know, Rachel's got to do what Rachel's got to do, this just seems like detrimental. It's, I, I listened to the first podcast being hopeful that we would hear growth, accountability, uh, realizations. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I went into this episode really wanting her to have her moment where, you know, she really fucked up. And I know that she's put a lot of work into herself. She went into that mental health facility for months. She's been working with a therapist. She's not going back on the show. So I really thought this could be a moment of like, the beginning of Rachel's redemption arc in the media, you know? Absolutely. Where she could control the narrative, she could control her her story and her perspective and all of these things. And I was just left wanting. <laughs> yeah, I I know I told you this as we were listening, but like, I just don't see how she can be taken seriously without taking responsibility for the harm she caused Ariana, like to really just acknowledge that whether or not they were friends truly or friends because they were on the show together, Ariana like was in Rachel's life. They did spend time together. Like Rachel really does owe Ariana a deep heartfelt apology and an acknowledgement of what she's done. And I have yet to really hear that. And I think if you're going to monetize your side of things, you do have a level of accountability there. And she's not being accountable. She's just rehashing what we already know. And it doesn't really seem like she's she's grown at all from this. Like there's no there's no awareness around this. Yeah. Well, I First of all, I do think that Rachel and Ariana were friends. I'm not going to say they were best friends. I think that was kind of- I would of, agree. But they were close. Like the fact that Rachel was close enough with the, them as a couple for her to show up on Valentine's Day just casually and have dinner with them, they were close. And so while they may not have been best friends, I think Rachel had an intimate enough friendship to be very involved in their everyday life. Yeah. Even she, she's also friends with their friends that are on the show. Yeah, and I think the fact that she showed up and spent time with Ariana and 
Tom together is reason enough. And you're right. I think that they were friends. I think that there was closeness there. And I'm not sure why she continues to deny that or pretend like that isn't a factor in all of this because it is. So it's hard to take some of any, well, any of what she says very seriously, just given that like, fine, you can tell your side of it. I understand that there are a million reasons why what happened happened. And I can, I can understand. Sure. But it's really hard to move past the fact that she can't even seem to take accountability to the person she hurt the most. I am rewatching Vanderpump Rules just to kind of like prep for season 11. And I have not rewatched the early episodes since the first time I watched them. And I have a thought because like so much of her, um, I'm not going to say excuses, but her reasoning, reasonings behind like why things happened was Tom was just feeding her this information of the fact that like he was always trying to break up with Ariana and couples counseling that they were never having sex, that they were just platonic roommates, that tra-la-la. And I don't know how many people know this, but Rachel was like a hardcore Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules fan before she got on the show. So I'm, all I'm going to say is if she was really a hardcore Vanderpump fan, she should see how much of a liar Tom Sandoval was in those early seasons. And when he's feeding you this information, despite how much you love him and his dick, you should have some questions around, is this actually what's happening? And if she cared enough about Ariana, she would have gone out of her way to figure it out for herself. She didn't want to know the truth. She wanted what Tom was saying to be real. And so she just believed it and played into it. Yeah, I mean, and isn't that the trope, right? That you're somehow different than the wife, the girlfriend. Than the, Kristen, than Ariana. Anna. Yeah, Tom has been Tom the whole time. That's not a secret. Very consistent. <laughs> yeah, and so it just, I don't know. That's really shocking to me that she. She, she wanted to believe him. Yeah. And she did. If she wanted to find out the truth, she would have. I agree completely. And it was really to her benefit to go along with this. So, you know, without some major recognition of that, everything she's saying just falls a little flat. Um, so I I am, I guess, morbidly curious about how this is going to go with her watching season 11 and what everybody's going to have to say. Yeah, that's so weird for me. And I think I, I think the hardest part of the episode was when the women that were interviewing her were like, so when was the first time you slept together? Like, how did that all play out? And she just, she literally sounded giddy that she's like, oh, you want to know the story? And just like the way <laughs> I could almost like see her body language as she was telling it. It was like she was regaling like some hot tea to her best girlfriends. You know what I mean? <gasps> and it wasn't coming from a place of like, okay, I will tell you what happened regretfully or like reflecting on it as a moment where she, you know, wishes something else had happened. It was coming from a place of like, fuck yeah, I get to tell my side of the story now. I'm so excited to tell it. This is what happened with like zero sense of remorse. Yeah, and what is just like bananas to me is I think to me, and, and by no way am I condoning Rachel's behavior, but at the same time, her story of ending this relationship with James, who was abusive, and everything going on with her, 
it does make sense to me how she fell into all of this. Like, I get it. It makes sense. But yeah, her just, the flippancy with which she talks about it, it's like you don't even understand the full impact of like why you did what you did and how bad this was. Like, you should not be talking about it like this. And then when she was recalling her friend, you know, the 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 text exchange between her friend who's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. But I'm, you know, she continued to have this affair with Tom. And that's like the way she was laughing about it and kind of regaling this. Yeah, it just, this isn't, I don't even know. I I can't even imagine having that conversation that way with you if I were in that position. Like I, the shame, the just like, on what planet does she live on to be so flippant? Yeah. It just, Jesus. Casual. Casual. Yeah. Like this to me is, feels so much more like a money grab than anything else. Like it would have been cool to see her really grow from this to explain her side of things, to talk about what she's working on in therapy, how she survived reality TV, how she survived this abusive relationship, how, you know, she really has been working to come out on top. And I think you can have those moments where she's, she can still, she's not irredeemable, but she's not doing anything right now that's redeemable. (laughs) Well, so she also talks about like being over Tom, like that's behind her tra-la-la, and then there's a part in the podcast where she admits that she listened to this interview. Um, It must have been a podcast interview that Tom was on. I don't know which one it was. And where he's like talking about the realness of their, sorry, Tom and Rachel's relationship. And she's like, oh yeah, I listened to that like five times. And it's like, oh, like why are you, first of all, why are you listening to it five times? But second of all, why are you admitting that? Why are you admitting that on this podcast that millions of people are going to listen to if you want to show signs of growth and signs of like being past this and signs of wanting to learn and move forward? I just, I cannot. Right, because I think one of the biggest things are, are, one of the biggest things is if you want to move past something like this, you really do have to remove yourself from it. Which also goes back to, like, why the fuck are you going to watch these episodes? Like, you really do just need to, like, I know it's hard. And I can't imagine what it's like to be in her position to back off. But, like, you need to. You need to not engage. You need to just work on yourself and reflect on what you did wrong and what you need to do better and not be consumed with what the assholes on Vanderpump Rules are up to. She really shouldn't watch it. I mean, maybe she could watch it in, like, a couple of years, but she really just shouldn't watch the show. Yeah, we're like less than a year out from this being exposed. That's no time at all. Like that seems so long, but at the same time, when you're really, when you're having to really come to terms with something like that, 10, 11 months is nothing at all. That's just a little drop in the bucket. It it takes a long time to really work through that And even as you feel like you are working through it, you need even more time to work through it. Like these revelations on growth do not come quickly and she is not there. When she's talked about things like love addiction and gaslighting and other things like that, and 
it's like, okay, if you actually believe that these are things that um, you have struggled with or dealt with or you're learning about or you're recovering from, if you're taking that seriously, why are you allowing yourself to exist in this environment and to, um, I don't know, I understand the draw for the monetary gain, so I guess that is like why she's doing it, but it's like if you really think that this has fucked up your life as much as it has, why are you giving, why are you allowing so much space for this to still be like the focus of your everything? Yeah. I, you know, speaking a little personally, like I've definitely had the problem of not being voyeuristic and looking into situations or like into people who I'm on the outs with out of like sheer curiosity. And yeah, it's just a hard lesson to learn that like nothing good comes from it. You just really, you, you gas yourself up. You end up being upset about things that like you're just piling on in a sense, like hearing the dumb shit that Tom has to say or watching whatever happens in season 11 you're just adding things for yourself to work through. Like, yes, you have enough. She's good. Her plate is full. <laughs> the cup doth runneth Run. over. Yes. <laughs> so like, don't right now. You're right. In a couple years, watch it. And in a couple years, when you're ready to sit down, I would love to hear a recap of her going through these episodes I would with listen to that. some insight and some awareness around everything. That would be an excellent podcast. But right now, ah, like, girlfriend, this is, this is painful. And I'm worried for her. And yeah, it it seems like you're right. I guess the only real value here is money. And sure, you got to make a living. She's not on the show anymore. But uh, <laughs> go get that Pilates instructor license. I think she would be a great Pilates instructor. Yeah, and maybe she's not going to recap it, but I guarantee she's going to watch it and there are going to be things mentioned on the show. Um, I really just wish she could actually sever her connection with anything VPR related and create like a new, you know, like if she's going to have a podcast, like after telling your story, let's talk about what your podcast is going to be. Like, how are you going to ramp this podcast up to be successful without your VPR following? Or how are you going to utilize your existing fan base to, you know, how are you going to maintain that momentum and keep listeners? Yeah, because as of right now... I don't want to keep listening. I don't either. I have no interest. And I'm sorry, she's so vapid. She's so shallow. Like, the way she infantilizes herself, I just... There's nothing there. And I want to root for her. And it's like... No, you're giving me nothing. It's and this really is... really hard to root for you, girl. So hard. Like, I'm not... Like, and I'm not rooting against her, but I'm also probably not going to give her a lot of my precious time because. Well, the last time we saw her was at the reunion where she basically didn't say a lot and showed no emotional response to anything. And then we see her sobbing at the last like five minutes where she makes some reveals about how involved their affair actually was. Then she goes to a mental health facility and so now it's like you're here and I'm sorry, but the stakes were high and this is what you're doing is like you're basically validating all of the worst things. Yeah, you're no different. She's she's the exact same Rachel we saw in season 10. <laughs> like no growth. The I do want to say her lack of emotional response and no judgment. 
there's no way she was not loaded up on Xanax. Like, I just can't imagine going on, knowing how those reunions go. And she's watched the show. She knows she was, she had to have been on something. Schwartz was handing some out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Duh. Yeah, they all (laughs) should be if they're not. But I'm kidding. Xanax is highly addictive. Don't do it unless, you know, under the direction of your doctor. But like, damn. So like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's something else entirely. And I just, sometimes things are too, it's not even like secondhand embarrassment, but like almost. Like, I don't know how else to explain it of just like, She's not doing herself any favors, and I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know who her PR person is, but she should get a new one. Maybe a new therapist. Like, yeah, what a new therapist, therapist condone this? I just think about all the things that my therapist and I talk about, and under no circumstances would she be like, you know what? Let's definitely keep in it. Like, don't stop watching the show. Let's see what everybody has to say about you. Like. Maybe her therapist is secretly a VPR fan and is like fueling the fire. They need to be fired. <laughs> just and like straight to hell. But yeah, yeah no, it's not just, doing her any But again, you know, we kind of talked about this off the podcast just a minute ago about like people not being smart enough to protect themselves when they've gone on reality TV. And it does make you wonder, like, who are these people in your life that are encouraging you to make decisions that are just truly not good for your mental health well, I or heard, your well-being? I heard media probably approached her and was like, hey, we know a lot of people want to hear what you have to say. And then, you know, it's like, money, oh, money, she money. started a podcast. And, well, she started one. I guess we'll see where it goes and maybe touch base on that. Yeah, but... um. I don't know if I'll listen to any more, but we'll, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Vanderpump Rules starts on January 30th. Uh, sometime, yeah, at the end of the month. Um, so Joey season starts the 22nd. So we're going to talk about some of the standout women on his season now. And I don't know if you guys listened in on, um, right before charity season started, we did this little thing with the men where we came up with a list of like most likelies. So, for example, like, who's likely to be Charity's first kiss and who's likely to be the class clown? So we're taking that same list of prompts and we are going to explore Joy's women. Yeah. Um, I started with first kiss. Who do you have? Um, I put Lexi. Ooh, I like it. One of the reasons I put Lexi is because I guess she's she's 30. Um, I didn't write down her career, but I did write down the careers on most of them. Uh, I saw a clip of her on Instagram, and so she kind of stood out to me from that. But she's super driven and smart. She has her MBA. Uh, She's moved all over, which means that she would be, like, open to adjusting to a life in Hawaii. Uh, And she loves poker, so she's willing to take a gamble. Ooh, uh, I like it. Yeah, she just seemed really pretty. And the fact that she was featured on Bachelor's Instagram kind of stood out to me. So I picked Lexi. Yeah, she was on the top 1% of her MBA program at MIT. Yeah. Damn. There are so many smart women this season. Yeah, there's so many, like, incredible careers. Yes. Um, I have Evelyn because she talks about being a bold woman. And I was just like, okay, I'm here for it. She's 29. 
Um, I had to Google what a Hamel fan is. Is it? Oh, tell me. Well, I was really excited because I thought it was Formula One racing and it was Lewis Hamilton, but it turns out. I thought it was Mark Hamill. No, we're both wrong. (laughs) It is. I like that one, though. Nicely done. Uh, No, it's it's Hamilton. Oh. A Hamill fan, which I didn't know that's a thing. Hashtag Hamill fan. Um, But yeah, I thought the she's bold, outgoing, isn't afraid to speak her mind. Like okay, I that's first kiss energy. That's fair. So, what's our next category? Most likely to be group clown. Oh yeah, I put Chandler. Okay, and I don't know why, but like her fun facts are: she once gave herself bangs, which bold. <laughs> um, loves a good Sunday fun day. Same. Same. And she's afraid of lightning, which makes me laugh. Like, I, that's legit. You can be afraid of lightning. I'm afraid of lightning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of, she's, she looks, she looks like she's got some, I don't know. I'm just reading, we're going off of bios and photos. So I don't even know if yeah. I've got like a great reason to think it, but. So part of this is like kind of stupid, but we think it's more fun to do it this way than just go through and read the bios. I think this is like kind of our you know, guesses based off first impression. And it's funny to see how the shows play out. The show plays out to see like how close we were. (laughs) Yes. So this is totally based off of first impression and photos. There's no judgment here. We're just shooting in the dark. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Who do you have? I have Kira or Kyra. She's 26. She's paralegal. And I chose her because she's quirky and hilarious and she's not afraid to speak her mind. Um, she also loves going to bars or staying home to play The Sims, which oh, I hell think yeah. is hilarious. Uh, she wants a funny man, and she says that going to the beach and then to a comedy show would be her favorite date. Oh, my God. I missed the mark completely on that one. So, <laughs> yeah, that's probably our, our person. Um, I love that, playing The Sims. Yes. I just have to say one thing that lives rent-free in my head is somebody – had created a sim who had to run like six hours out of his house around this garden to get to work and then was always four hours late to work and then had to run back. Wow, what a tired sim. I know. He probably died. I'm sure he did. But like, I don't know, the sims, man. The things we we play out in there. Um, I digress. (laughs) Who did you say would be most likely to talk about herself too much? I said Sandra. I said Sandra. Did you really? No way. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm interested why. Okay. Sorry. I have to scroll. Okay. Was it because she mentioned hot girl walks twice? I just was like, this is too much. And like. Okay. She's 26. She's a cyber security consultant. Which cool. And. the the fact that she loves to take hot girl walks came up twice in her bio. Yeah, like that can't be in your bio and a fun fact. Like, do you not have anything else going on in your life? She is all about that hot girl life. She kind of looks like it too, not yeah. to be rude. I like, this is purely just based off of one photo, one yeah, bio yeah, yeah. and three facts. I just, but yeah, totally seems into herself. That's so funny. Yep. She also loves love. I'm sorry. I know. Some of these bios, I'm like, 
are you trolling us? Are you... <laughs> are you trolling them? Num- yeah, like people who are like, my fairy doll ending, like... Blah, blah. Do you live I do in the real world? I do think that there is a disparity between the men's bios and the women's bios where it's like, the men's bio is like, so-and-so is looking for love in between like his workouts at the gym and spending time being a lawyer. And he... Likes to also go parasailing. He's a whereas, dude's dude. Yeah, whereas the girl's bio is like, so-and-so can't wait to be a mom, and her parents were married for 30 years, and she loves romance. Yeah, like, that tells me nothing. It's like, why do the guys get, like, all of the cool life stuff, and the girls are just, like, love machines? Yeah, and mothers. Get out of here. Okay, sports challenge. I put Kelsey T. Me too. Wow. Okay. Look at us lining up. She's 31. Yep. I didn't write down her career. Um, I'm getting there. Um, she is an actor. But I think for me particularly, I hit my stride in my 30s with my fitness. And not to say that you can't in your 20s, but you just sort of like have more time and space to be better at fitness. Um, and she plays volleyball. Yeah, and the I volleyball like thing was like, if you play volleyball, beach volleyball as a hobby, you're athletic. Yeah, you've got good ankle strength. You've got good mobility, dexterity. I also think it's cool that she's not afraid to hold lizards. <gasps> I love that too. That's one of my favorites. I had a little tiny lizard fall on my head the last time I was in Mexico, and it was like one of the best days of my life. Oh, I, well, I, oh, I was all about that. No. Um. Okay. Biggest flirt. Who do you have? I have Kyla. I have Taylor. You go first. Kyla, to me, just, it says she's outgoing, trustworthy, unapologetic woman with big personality. Um, She stopped traffic to save a baby duckling. Thank goodness for that. Oh, my God. Yes. And she's really into Harry Potter. I don't know. She just kind of had to me, like, flirty energy. And I like, I, I like it. I just, like, everything... Maybe it's because she seems really fun to me, and I don't know. Fun and flirty aren't exactly the same, but. Yeah, she seems like she has a big personality and is outgoing. Yeah, I'm here for it. Who did you put? I put Taylor. She's only 23. She's in HR, and I mostly put her because one of her fun facts says she considers herself the Samantha of the friend group, <laughs> which if you watch Sex in the City, Samantha is definitely the flirt out of the four of them. Um, okay. She... Describes herself as witty, loyal. She has experience in serious relationships. And uh, she talks about her perfect date is getting all bundled up, going ice skating, and then ending the night at a sushi restaurant. I don't know. She just seems like she's a Samantha in the group. She's a flirt. She's a flirt. For sure. Here for that. So I we put mama's boy for the next category. I put mama's girl. I like it. I put into family. Okay, that works. Because sometimes I feel like that can be too much too. Like family's your whole personality. It's like you're more than your family. But anyway, who you got? Well, I kind of did a play off of this. Okay. Um, my response was Talia. She's 23. She's an esthetician. She enjoys Gossip Girl. But the reason why I put her is because her pet chihuahua's name is Lil Mama. And her <laughs> and Lil Mama are a package deal. <laughs> And so I just thought that that was fitting since we were, I was thinking like mama's girl. Um, so I thought that was cute. Her and little mama. And then she loves 1950s style and pancakes, which I love both of those. 
Pancakes, yes. I put Autumn. Um, for no other reason than she says that she's a small town girl and comes from a big loving family where she's part of one of two sets of twins. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, that's a lot of family and twins be twinning and like she's she's into family. Yeah, I think that's an accurate read. So that's that's where I was coming from with that. Um <laughs> no personality. Well, I put Jess. Me too. Oh my gosh. Didn't we both put Sean on the last one? I feel like Jess is kind of a female Sean. Yes. I actually wrote that down. That's so funny. Like nothing. She like a lot of these bios don't say anything. Hers really says nothing. And the the the, the take home for me was she just read her book her first book for fun last summer. That's exactly what I put. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you doing? She's a hopeless romantic that's ready for the real deal. And she's a sucker for a pretty view. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Like, everyone's a sucker for a pretty view. Yeah, no one's like, oh, <laughs> sunset. Gross. <laughs> so, like, yeah, tell us something about you. That's weird. She also kind of, like, looks like a female version of Sean. She does. She's just, I mean, she's gorgeous. She's yeah, just beautiful. generically pretty. Like, there's nothing. But I don't know. Like, why? I got nothing from her bio except for the fact that she just started to read. Yeah. Actually, the first time I read that, I read that the first time she read a book. And I was like, how are you 24 and <laughs> just now read a book? What were you doing in school? But for fun. I guess fun, for fun. Yeah, that's that's the the qualifier that's very important there. Yeah. All right. All right, most likely to stick her foot in her mouth. Um, because you already said this person, I'll go first. I put Autumn for this one. That's awesome. So she's 26. She's an account executive. Um, so <laughs> I think I put her for this one because... <laughs> okay, I put her for this one because of the, the interesting fact that said she got a lip tattoo at a music festival. I just feel like someone who got a lip tattoo at a music festival is the type of person that would, like, say things they shouldn't say. <laughs> I, yes. Also, small town, so maybe a little sheltered. Um, also, she's like, I love Coldplay, and I don't know anyone else in my life right now that's like, you know what I love to listen to? Coldplay. I, and don't get me wrong, I do like Coldplay, but that's just, that wouldn't be an interesting fact about me. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, so my person for this is also someone you mentioned. So I put Kyra down for this. Oh, okay. And the reason is she's quirky, funny, isn't afraid to speak her mind. And I was just like, so in a good way, I'm always kind of here for it when women on the show are just like going to straight out call bullshit on Well, those are the ones that usually become bachelorettes. Or get maybe a villain edit a little bit, but like I do, I do appreciate somebody who's just gonna say what they're gonna say regardless of the consequences. They bring us good television and for that, we love them. Absolutely. So for me, that feels like more of a of a good thing for her. Not so much as like a, I think she's somebody who's gonna like step in it, but you know. Your read was nicer than mine. That was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Best fashion. All right, who do you have? For no particular reason, and maybe this just says everything about me more than it does her, but I have Lauren. Oh, that's one of the sisters, right? <laughs> yeah. Is it because she was wearing that like cute bustier top? Yes. 
I didn't even write her down, but I remember the outfit. Dude, yeah, no, you <laughs> nailed that. With the like high-waisted like slack kind of thing, it's not even like particularly good fashion. Maybe I just appreciate it because I want to dress like that, but never would. So but if other women really do, she it. does. Like she's pulling it off. She's got curves, man. So side note, Lauren is sisters with another girl who's going on the show. Allison. Allison and Lauren are sisters, not twins. And they have both dated the same man in their past. This and was going to be in my shout outs, but I think this is not a good idea. I think this is weird. Yeah, Joey should just send them home out of principle of like, what are you going to do when you go home for Christmas? And like, you've kissed both of them. Like at least, because they've had identical twin girls on the show before, but at least that's like kind of a gimmick. Whereas this is like just two sisters <laughs> who are competing to date the same man like that. Feels weird to me. Uh, the twin sisters were hilarious on Paradise, yeah. messing with the guy who literally could not tell them apart. They were they were good television. Very good television. Yeah, I'm nervous for Allison and Lauren, but uh, I guess they've had twin guys on too. Oh yeah, they that had. were really unintelligent. Correct. They went home night one. Uh, who do you have for best fashion? I put down Sydney. Um, she's 28, and I put her down because she is a vintage shop owner. <gasps> and as someone who likes to shop at vintage shops, I just feel like she probably appreciates like a cool aesthetic. Um. So uh, she also lived in Thailand and taught English. And so I think like living another, especially like another like culture that's so different, like an Asian culture would give you a lot of interesting fashion influence. Um, also, she has cats that like to play fetch and that's adorable. And sit on command. Love that. So my brother Sydney. tried really hard to train a cat and just like completely failed. Uh, so pops. I mean, the cats don't say anything about her fashion, but I, I enjoy the. Me too. The yeah, cats are fact. irrelevant. However, we love I, a good cat. And story. I love her like cobalt blue set that she's wearing in her photo. Yeah, it's really bright compared to. Well, I don't know. As I scroll up, everybody's kind of got bright stuff, but it is. A, I love that color of blue. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, most romantic. I put Marlena. Okay. She's a finance writer in 26. So a couple of reasons I put her down. She says that vulnerability is very important to her. Um, and a lot of her bio was like what she wants. She wants to be married with two kids. She wants to be fostering rescue dogs. She can't wait to be her soccer, be a soccer mom. And she also talks about how she loves to do like things for her partner. And one of her interesting facts was that she reads books by candlelight. And that sounds romantic to me. It does. She also says she's a hopeful romantic. Oh, yeah. Hopeful romantic. Well done, Mandy. Well done. I put Kelsey A. And off the top of my head, <laughs> can't remember why. Oh, I don't know. Like 12 hours to plan an international getaway. Um, and she takes pride in her gift giving abilities. Yeah. And like, to me, there's a thoughtfulness around that, which also just kind of reads romantic to me. Yeah. So. Like acts of service. Yeah. So that's, that was my, my take on that. And then do you have any special shout outs? I have two. Okay. Let's have How them. How many do you have? I also have two. Okay. My first one is Medina. I also had her down. <laughs> I had a feeling you would. Yes. She, she's 31. She's from, she comes from a Bangladesh family. She's a mental health therapist. Um, so she just loves exercising, dancing, and 
Great British Bake Off. Love that. I love that she says she just wants a guy that won't be on his phone for the whole date. Which is like, really? That's not asking for a lot. And she appreciates color coding and face masks. Which I dig both of those things. Okay, listen. I read so many times Medina is a big supporter of color-coded organization. My dumb little brain, until you said it right then, did not understand what that meant. Like, could not process. Like, it would go in and it's just like, nope, can't compute. I mean, mm, I don't do nope, it. doesn't compute. So I just want to say, this is false advertising. If you come into my home, my books are not going from like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple to neutrals. But I have friends that do it, and when I happen upon it, I appreciate it, and I think it is beautiful. Oh, for sure. I love that. Thank you, though, for helping me understand that. I feel really dumb at the moment. <laughs> Got it. Um, I also had her down. And then my other one for me was uh, Caitlin, who is a radio chemist. Honestly, that scares the shit out of me. Radioactive materials. Yeah. Fair. <sighs> The show Chernobyl caused me a lot of stress, and I read a book about people having to live in space and avoid, like, alpha, beta, gamma rays, and I was, like, in all the types of plastic and ways you have to, like, protect yourself against that stuff and the horrible things of radiation poisoning, and I know we've come a very long way and that she's doing this safely. However, I would still never do that. So that's really cool, and she's really young. She's, like, 25. Yeah, mad respect. Like, she is smart and was on the ball to have a PhD at 25. Uh, yeah. That's bananas to me. So, shout out to her. That's a good one. Yeah, I just really like that. Who's your second person? Um, I think this is kind of a wild, uh, maybe not wild. I think this is a dark horse. Oh, I love it. But Maria? Okay. She's 29, an executive assistant. So she's Canadian. I think there's a couple of Canadians, but I, al- I always find the Canadians to be just great people on The Bachelor. Um, Sam <laughs> from Paradise. <laughs> yes. But the, the reason I put her down is because she went to a psychic and the psychic told her that there's a good chance that Joey could be her future husband. And I just fucking love that's in her bio. Um, she also has a black belt in Taekwondo. She loves spaghetti and horror movies. And that's like the most interesting three things that I think was in anybody's bio. Dude, I know. As much as I love horror movies, I rarely, if ever, that might be the first time I've ever seen a woman on The Bachelor be like horror films. So, yeah, we don't get horror girls on The Bachelor very often. No. So that's really fun. That's a That's a good... The reason I said she was a dark horse, though, is I rewatched the preview, and she might be the girl that leaves early. Oh. Who knows? You know, they- Oh, for sure. They try to trick us. All the time. Could be wrong, but there's like a scene where she's talking to Joey, and he's like, is this it? And she's like, I guess so. I'm pretty sure that's her. Okay. I actually have- completely forgotten to watch all of those. Like every time I see them, I'm doing something else. I'm like, oh, right, go back to that. And I have yet to go back to it. So I'm going to do that as soon as we get off this podcast. I'm excited. I have content. (laughs) The trailer looks good. And I think anytime that you know that the show doesn't end the way that a predictable Bachelor season ends, it's usually a sign for a good season. Do they say that in the, the show, in the thing, that it doesn't end the way we think? Well, it's at least alluding that shit goes down. 
Oh, I love it. I love it when shit goes down. Yeah. I don't Sometimes. know what that means. They could also be tricking us there too. But I have I have um mediocre hopes. Yeah. Jesse one time really led us on that like something super exciting was gonna happen and then everybody in the audience that like the final rows got a cruise or something. And I've never been so disappointed. And since then I just don't trust them when they make announcements about things. That's fair. Um but all in all. I think this is a good cast. I think you're absolutely right. The women always make it. Like the show, I, I, I could probably recall contestants faster than I can recall bachelors. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm always very excited for that. And so, um, after watching episode one, Jess and I are gonna pick. We're each gonna pick our top four final contestants, and we can't pick the same ones. And we just play this little game to see who ends up going farther. And Jess blew me out of the water on charity season. She like really smashed me. So I have some ground to make up. (laughs) It is literally because. Dotton's so fucking tall. It was just because I saw an incredibly tall man walking on the beach. And I understand it. And it just was a split second of like, ah, I know. But otherwise, and you know. All these, there is enough diversity, at least. All the women aren't just like tiny blonde women. So hopefully there's a little bit more. But I do think I have a harder time with The Bachelor sussing out who's going to do well. Yeah. Also, the women, I mean, the dynamics are just so different, too. I think for me, it's a little harder to know who's going to do as well. That's Um, fair. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened on Golden Bachelor. Who knew? Teresa. (sighs) Not me. Did you watch the wedding? No. I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Other than like Kathy putting her foot in her mouth. I don't know why they let her host and drink. Um, <laughs> and then awkwardly, Brayden and Christina from Christina Mandrell from oh, God. Zach season. Let's talk about that for a second. Got engaged. Yes. I do want to say one thing. Okay. Props to Brayden for moving across the country and actually proposing, which is more than what a lot of these yahoos do. So, like, true. I'm going to give it to him. However, <laughs> I they've been dating three months. Yeah. And, like, that was long distance. Yeah. And they are moving fast. Yeah. I just feel like Brayden has taken us on such a roller coaster where – at the beginning of charity season, I was kind of into him. I was like, I like the funky style. I like that he's a little bit off the cuff. I like that he's, I don't know. Like, I didn't get the ick from Brayden when everyone else initially did. And then it quickly set in and I was embarrassed that I didn't get the ick earlier because, wow, that was hard to watch. And then on Paradise, I was like, damn, I think I like Brayden. And then I was like, okay, actually, I really like Brayden. And by then, I was like, hell yeah, Brayden. Same. And now all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck? You're engaged to Christina? I didn't like her. And she has a kid. And like, shouldn't, I don't know. It seems Just like you should take slower and be Be careful. Smart. First off, I don't think you should feel embarrassed about being team Brayden. Like, clearly, you saw something there. And I think he really did redeem himself in... Uh, paradise and the editing of shows is always just so hard to tell like yeah in those moments in charity season it was like ugh, Brayden what are we doing but like clearly he's not totally a dirt bag so you weren't like off the mark Brayden <laughs> just didn't have his best moments yeah that's true um 
just to defend you a little bit there. I think you're you're still good on your your ick barometer. But yeah, the kid thing, I just like I wanted to work really well for them and it's always makes me nervous when kids are involved. And um, maybe they're getting engaged earlier because there's a kid involved. I don't know. It doesn't ever seem like a good idea to do it for the kids. That's, don't stay for the kids. That's true. Just, you know, your relationship is your relationship. And I think you've got to do things on a timeline that makes sense for you as a couple, says the person with no kids. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I wish them well. That was really weird. Her face was bizarre when it was happening. So I don't know if do she was think, just, like, trying not to ugly cry, if she was taken aback. Do you think she was genuinely surprised? I think so. She had said in a post, which I love this, don't like her, love this, that she had even been trying to talk to Neil Lane, who was at the Golden Wedding, about a pair of diamond earrings so that she could propose to Brayden. Okay, that's cute. Is that not fucking cute? Yeah. I love it. I love that more than I want to love it, but I love it a lot. I, I wish— and like for Brayden, I just, mm, it's so good. It is good. He could rock some diamond earrings. He really could. Um, yeah, so there was that. But otherwise, it just felt like a really long wedding um, that I could do without. Well, there you have it, folks. The recap of the golden wedding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sad that I watched it. I think I was even talking to your friend Julie on Instagram. I was like, yeah, it's got some quirky things in it. And it does. So, like, if you're really curious. But also, if you don't feel like watching it, I don't feel like you're missing anything. So, um, how it's going to work is, well, I guess we have to figure it out. Because there might be a week difference between when The Bachelor starts versus Vanderpump Rules. So, the first one might be just The Bachelor. But after that, our recaps are going to be half Vanderpump Rules, half The Bachelor. Check our notes for the timestamp if you're only interested in one of those halves. But we really invite you to watch both and be on this journey with us. Yeah, we would love that. Appreciate it. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a wild ride. And I'm excited. I'm so excited. It's been a minute since, like, I don't know. I was pretty excited about Great British Bake Off, but I'm really excited. <laughs> about <laughs> uh, a bachelor vbr combo so yeah good to be back excited to be doing this weekly yeah we've missed you guys yep well and thanks for listening thanks for listening bye, bye. drama bonded is produced and hosted by mandy booth and jessica brumbaugh our production manager and editor is solomon brumbaugh our theme music is by joe waters you can find more of his music streaming on the ep jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Thank you.